Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. I'm Tyler, and as always, my co-hosts, Ryan and Nick. Oh, so sorry. The correct answer was, <laughs> who is Garbage Boy? Tell him what he's won. You have won an all-expense-paid to. I'm back, and you can't keep me down. <laughs> can't keep him down. Every time I think he's going to class up the joint, Right back in the garbage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I like to think that uh, you don't know where I'm coming from. I'm going to throw out a little bit of trash here, but then I'm going to also garbage. throw in yeah, like a, what, a seven-time <laughs> award-winning movie or something. I don't know. <laughs> he found it in the garbage. Does he get credit for that? <laughs> hey, I, I wanted to watch this movie, and now, uh, now I have. <laughs> this was in the bargain bin? <laughs> Oh yeah, over no. at Walmart. Yeah, 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 over at Walmart, the bargain bin. Where <laughs> sometimes you, have you find those... gold. <laughs> sometimes you do. Yeah, sometimes you do. Sometimes you find like weird sequels you never even realized that existed. You know, like your Aladdin threes or your Aladdin fours or that weird Sinbad <laughs> movie or that movie where it's like Shaquille O'Neal or Sinbad and he's a genie. A genie. Who knows? So <laughs> those are the Jack was movies. a superhero. That's the yeah, one you want to see. Oh, Steel. Yeah, Steel. Steel. Yeah, yeah, that's and, and Steel. the one that's, that's you're the thinking of, uh, Tyler, is uh, Kazam. Kazam, yeah. There's Kazam <laughs> and then there's another one. I can't remember what, what the other one is. I'm, I'm ashamed to be on this podcast as usual. <laughs> Hey, Shaq is a talented actor, rapper, and basketball player. <laughs> Triple threat. He's a talented. He's a talented one of those. One of those. <laughs> he does so much promotion too. <laughs> he's definitely a horrible broadcaster. If anybody watches basketball, <laughs> he's oh, flop man. master, man, flop master. <laughs> All right. So today we're doing the Untouchables. When did this come out? Like two thousand. The Untouchables. Something? I thought we were doing the Expendables. The Expendables. What? <laughs> <laughs> the Untouchables. You mean the That's Expendables 3? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the Untouchables is a documentary on underwear. <laughs> Nick would watch that one. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything that he loves, documentaries and underwear. So we, we watched the... You guys watched the French one, right? With Omar Sy, not the one with uh, Kevin Hart and oh, Brian Cranston. Definitely Kansman. not. I watched everything that was close to Intouchable, <laughs> Untouchable, <laughs> Touchable, Unfaithful. I watched everything. Yeah. Yeah, there's not prepared except for, except for this one, except for the French one. That's the one I missed. Like that's the... <laughs> I saw this weird it's a... I saw this weird German one and like Pornhub. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, too. I was, on, I was on there. Oh man. Remember uh when the big sick came out and somebody put it on Pornhub in the interracial category? <laughs> they, so, Did that happen? Yeah, I missed so, that uh, news. So, wow. uh, my my favorite X Files fan, Kumal Nanajani. He did and directed this movie called The Big Sick, which is actually really good. You should it's catch a great it. Movie. It's awesome. We talked about yeah, it. yeah, it's super it's good. Made my top and ten of that year. So someone had actually uh, took it and had the entire movie for free on Pornhub in the interracial section, and Kumal Nanjiani just like, all right, that's fine, and he just let it slide. And, <laughs> you know, you let it ride, man. I, Nothing wrong with that. I I don't put it past Pornhub. It's the wild, wild west. Uh, up until there's like this huge purging, I heard. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. yeah. There there was a time too, not too long ago where if you had a, a problem with a math question you put it on Pornhub I don't think people do it anymore but that was a time too if you had a really complicated math question you that's, would put it on the comment section of Pornhub. that's the community where there was no hate <laughs> yeah it, there's no judgment you're right after, <laughs> after Pornhub they went to face smash again oh there so. you go yeah face smash you don't get to how, however many billion users or friends what is it 8 billion friends uh, yeah something like yeah. that yeah eight, whatever 8. it is 6. 
million. I don't know. That was last week. That was five hundred million this friends is, without making a few this enemies. Is, this is this week. This is the untouchable. So, <laughs> all right. So, Ryan, why did you pick this movie? Out of all the movies you could have possibly picked, that's <laughs> available on Netflix. Why? Why this one? One that's not so garbage boy like. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. Like my taste run the gambit, and this has been on my radar. Uh, obviously talking flick is a reason for me to watch movies. And this is one that I've been wanting to see. Uh, I've, I heard a lot of buzz about it. I've seen a, a couple of trailers and stuff like that. So, uh, and when I saw it on Netflix, I thought this is perfect. This is going to satisfy Nick's pretentious attitude, and this is going to be watchable for <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Only on talking flick. Do you go from anime to Ricky? O? poor, terrible action to lay in touch of <laughs> I'm pretty certain that all of those are on par, Nick. <laughs> all three of those are racist, by the way, but it's fine. <laughs> so have you guys even seen the one with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart? I, I heard it was terrible. I saw 20 minutes in. I heard it was 20 terrible. minutes. 20 minutes in, I said, nope, not, not, not today. Not doing it, not doing it. This one, is, I never saw the one with Kevin Hart or Brian Cranston. Like I had heard about this movie specifically for a while and just how good it was and then you know of course watching it for the first time like this is actually really good and i cannot see myself watching the kevin hart and brian cranston yeah. one like at all <laughs> yeah, really so, shouldn't. and you know what's crazy about that film just to spend a moment on it uh neil berger is the one who made that film hollywood obviously swallowed up something good uh and decent and made it cynical and lazy and got good actors to participate for some crazy reason but neil berger is a good director and I don't exactly know what happened. In theory, it should have been good, but it was really, really bad from what I saw. Yeah, <laughs> I do think that there's, uh, I don't know, there is there is a cultural difference. Like there is some things that were in this movie that were kind of like, all right, I'll let it pass because it's a foreign movie. Only French guys would like their earlobes. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I don't clear. know. I have known a lot of people. And hey, I'm not going to kink shame <laughs> anyone. If you're into that, go for it. Chase your bliss. Live your truth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. It's just I I feel like because it was a foreign movie, there's a lot of there not a lot, but there are a few things that don't translate well to like American culture that they're like, OK, it's a it's a weird thing because, again, there's good people involved there. But one of the things that I'm often reminded of when we see these remakes is that the original, if it's good enough, who gives a crap what language it's in? We're getting much more used to this. Like I'm watching Gamora on HBO and um, the, the dubbing, you know, you can choose to go dubbing or subtitles. I think subtitles are a little easier, but some people really like the dubbing. Just watch the original. There's really no reason anymore to to remake these things. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, that's true. Because all that ends up happening is they just they taint it just a little bit or it's just they you all know, become it's Bud Light bug. Seltzer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, what we talked about. It's like, what what more can you do or what else can you kind of show me, you know, because it's just it's the same movie, but just the American version. And you got Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston, you know, the superstars of whenever year that came it's, out, 2015. Exactly. Right? You just get some hot actor and throw him in. Nicole Kidman was in that, too. It, it's weird because. Um, I often think of like some of the remakes that I was really excited to see when I was younger. One of them being Gus Van Sant's remake of uh, uh, Psycho, which was a friggin' scene for oh, scene remake Psycho. of Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm thinking yeah. like. Yeah, at least bring something new. Do something different. If I wanted to see Psycho, you know what I'd watch? I'd watch the fucking original Psycho. Yeah, but, yeah. but in the in the remake of Psycho, the shot for shot, you see the you see a butthole in there. 
the main chick. That's like the one difference. <laughs> like Anne Heche. Wait, the lovely Anne wait Heche. a second. What? Yeah. <laughs> now yeah, you, you see, got me. You see, Collapses you in the shower. But let's not get creepy. Let's keep this classy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this coming from the guy that said Superman shoots jizz out of his eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, one okay. butthole and it's you know all what? over the place. This is over. <laughs> all right. But I might have paused on the butthole. I'm not going to lie about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> let me just get in there. Zoom in. Enhance. <laughs> so, okay. I, I I agree with you guys. What is the point of doing a like a shot for shot remake? Like, do they think that they can improve on a, an already amazing movie? Or is but it I just think a cash they're grab? saying cash yeah, grab, it's cash important grab. to say this out loud. I think it's a cash grab, but it's also it's basically Hollywood admitting that America is too pretentious to watch a foreign film or too uppity to watch a foreign film. They won't do it. So someone call Brian Cranston and let's, you know, Americanize this thing. Yeah. And he was hot when that came out, too. Remember, Hollywood could just buy the rights to it and distribute it and actually advertise for it mainstream and people might actually go to it. That's the better way to do it. Why remake the whole thing for no reason? Because money, I guess. I don't know. Dollar, dollar it's, bills. Yeah, it's, it's always dollar, dollar bills. And even just like, I'm going to have to watch that movie one day just to see like, what is the main difference? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you can tell me about it, Tyler, because I'll never yeah, I'll tell. Yeah, I'll tell you, but I'll keep it on in the background. Like, it'll be strictly background noise. So, but like with this one too, like it's, it's great. Like, it's fun to watch and immediately watching it. And of course, like spoiler warning, because, you know, this has been out for a while. It's an older movie, but immediately watching i'm thinking like oh this is gonna end really bad this is gonna have a really you know heartbreaking ending i i thought it doesn't yeah (laughs) and it it doesn't like it it actually has a very nice you know optimistic ending you know and i know i'm jumping ahead but you know that was the one thing that really caught me off guard was how optimistic the ending was and how you know even with was it uh philip or felipe Felipe. Felipe. <laughs> Felipe. Yeah, that's Mexican. <laughs> now you're doing no, a saving Hollywood. I know, you know, I'm doing it. Yeah. Again, Felipe. They made the remake for Tyler. For exactly. people like Tyler. I was the audience, yeah. But I, I agree with you, Tyler. And actually, I think this is one of the things I was talking about, that it's kind of different from like a foreign movie or like a French movie compared to an American movie, that it's very low stakes. I was expecting there to be like a... Uh, like a heavy middle or some sort of climax that's kind of like I was expecting something that would cause their friendship to be over and then them overcoming that it wasn't he was just like hey I have to take care of my family now and it's like all right go ahead and then he just comes back there's very little like conflict and it ends with a very like positive note so I don't know how it is for the Kevin Hart uh, Brian Cranston version but I'm assuming that they would have to ratchet it up they need to put more drama or more stress in there to make it seem like oh this is a deeper maybe heavier like drama than it really is yeah you got to crank up the drama in that scene probably a little bit or with that middle part i think i was surprised at something totally different i actually expected it to be somewhat low stakes maybe i expected a somewhat darker um ending but really like there are dark moments and there is some tragedy and socioeconomic stuff that they could have got into What's interesting is they don't. They stay focused on the friendship of two people, the human aspect of just a small group. You have a few bit players on the side. And, you know, I think that's what makes it so valuable. And it really wins you over. It's remarkably infectiously charming. That's that's my word. Also, for it. too, like it does more of showing than telling when it comes to like the economic displacement. Yeah. Like not once do they ever like, you know, have to clearly state it because they show you through the camera lens, you know, where you've got this rich guy, you know, who's a paraplegic and he's got all these eggs. 
and of course you got Omar Sai who's kind of more in the slums and he has to share a bathroom with like six <laughs> other people. And they're and they're so, not cynical about it. You know what I mean? There's nothing that's cynical about it. I think there are some cliches in this. I think there is some racism in this. But ultimately, like, that's also part of life. And I think that they weren't cynical about any of it, which I really respected. And especially, it's a short film. It's less than two hours altogether. And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? We probably need more movies like this to be made, for sure. You know, Just, I, I don't know if I'm a product of The Simpsons or the 90s, but definitely when they showed the Fabergé eggs, that's how you know that that person is wealthy. Because <laughs> if The Simpsons have taught me anything, anyone that owns Fabergé eggs, they have a whole lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from Game Night, that movie with Jason Bateman, where it's just like, it's the egg. It's <laughs> I eat them. Oh, you eat them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kinder eggs. The, those are illegal here, all right? So I wonder if they had the same eggs in the American you, you one. Know, but... It's funny because like there was an episode on The Simpsons where uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy, that's what he got addicted to. He was just buying Fabergé eggs, and that's what <laughs> led him into, uh, into the gutter. I always thought that the Fabergé eggs had something in them, like chocolate. <laughs> that, like, I think I was with you. I thought there was just like another egg. Yeah, you know, there's like something that, else that with Russian it. No, thing, it's you know, just, there's another egg and another it, egg. It's just, it's just an egg. It's That's a very fancy egg. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very fancy egg. You do not want to hide it during Easter. So <laughs> this is, and I think like what's funny about this movie too, it's like, is this like one of those movies where we just brings everyone together? Because you got both of them just smoking pot like majority of their time hanging out with prostitutes and, <laughs> which i thought was which i thought was hilarious and he yeah. creates a hooker folder and i i think i think that's interesting also it's the <laughs> with it being that translation from a foreign movie to an american movie them relating to one another or them forming this relationship is somewhat quick i don't know it, like if it was an american movie or it just i feel like it would have been pretty awkward between them they uh, bonded they, over meth in yeah. the american one <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they would have uh they would have made it more awkward than than it was but it just seemed very like very natural as they became friends yeah. it was Europe. i think it was a little bit ahead of its time because 2011 let's remember the united states wasn't exactly a jumping up and down to legalize medical marijuana in 50 states or anything now we're basically there um, so I, I think even that part of it was a little bit charming, but I respect that like their friendship was one, like, look, I want somebody who picks on me. I want somebody who's not necessarily politically correct, who has no pity for me. Uh, I, an American film would be overproduced and sort of earmarked and sort of edited to a point where it just got nauseating and lost its heart. And I think the French one allows itself to be a little bit outside the lines, you know? Yeah. And also like, you kind of get to see with Omar size character Driss where, you know, they both kind of help each other grow a little bit, which is nice to always see. And I always think it's funny with the the gloves, the white gloves. And he's just like, you're not ready for the gloves yet. You're not ready to know what the gloves are for. And even and- the <laughs> moment where he goes for the gloves, they don't dwell on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, they're not disrespecting you by making it some emotional moment. What they're doing is just, hey, what's his life, man? We just carry on. We do our jobs. Yeah. And also, too, considering all types of gigs you can have, not the bad, not a bad one to have. You know, you get to he got to do all these amazing stuff. You know, he got to go. Was I the only one who looked at that room that he had? And I was like, there's just too much shit in this room. It's too cluttered. <laughs> no, we got to clear some of that stuff. No, out. It's because you're not rich, Nick. That's why. Yeah, oh, is that that's why? true. Okay, that's How many good. eggs do you that. have? Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to ask a question because I, I was the big sick on Pornhub. <laughs> I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. 
question, is he getting paid or is, or was his compensation like room and board? Was like... I think it was both. I think he was probably getting paid and then he was also getting like room he was and board. Getting paid. Yeah. Was like... he? Okay, because then it makes it seem like he wasn't using any of that money to give to his uh his um his uh, adopted mother or like not adopted mother, his uh aunt mom. Yeah, his <laughs> aunt mom or whatever. He wasn't like <laughs> he would just it's complicated yeah he just came and saw her at work and then that was it <laughs> like yeah. I, I yeah but she had kicked him out i mean she basically thought he was part of the problem yeah so yeah but there's it, there's a straight line logic there it, I, I i understand that but i feel like cliche movie is one of those things that okay i'm going to leave but i still care about my family so i'm going to get a job and then send them money anonymously she wouldn't take his egg that's why she wouldn't take the egg and he's just like you know what if you're not going to take this egg i'm not going to send you any money there's there's a few pieces to that puzzle that i think are worth noting here and again it's so different than what you would see from an american movie and even me who's dabbled in screenwriting i wouldn't have wrote it this way they don't really show you where the egg came back from where did he find it or whatever they just gloss over that and then at the end when he re-meets his um his aunt mother that's complicated whatever um, they just sort of walk together and it's very, very charming. Yeah. And there's not, there's almost no dialogue in that, that piece of the puzzle. And I just, I found all of that to be infectious. Like it gets under your skin and stays with you. Uh, and I think that's, what's really effective with this movie. It's, it's shocking to know that this movie had two directors. Um, I don't, the Olivier Russo brothers? And the yeah, the <laughs> Russo brothers. They kept each other in check. They were like, Thanos can't <laughs> kill everyone. <laughs> Those but, guys are everywhere, but I, man. <laughs> but I would say that the most incredible piece that came out of this movie for me, and it's a wonderful recommendation, and I think you did a great job here, producer Ryan, and I don't think I've ever said that on the podcast, to be frank. Um, <laughs> I will, is, uh... <laughs> it's recorded in time now. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Edit that out. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to clip that, and then I'm just going to play it to myself every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the intro for the podcast right yeah. before the big sick. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, the the score is uh, the soundtrack itself is amazing with Nina Simone, Earth, Wind, and Fire. But the score of this genius person, Ludovico Anade, um, who just did the soundtrack for Nomadland, which is making all this Oscar buzz right now. Um, he has done a few films, but man, that score is subtle and so, so beautiful. I have now downloaded it, put it on my iPod, and have listened to it ad nauseum. It is wonderful, wonderful uh, music. He is a great composer. He is right there with like the Hans Zimmers of the world or whatever. He's he's genius. Yeah, uh, I agree. The soundtrack is great. Uh, I do like this mixing of different cultures, like Roots all of it. Uh, I agree with you, uh, Nick, that the fact that they just focus on this friendship between these two people, this melding of cultures is, is really nice. And that's what you're getting. It's very um, uh, face value, um, but it's surprisingly deep. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to say is that that scene on his birthday when he starts like playing music and then starts dancing, I feel like that was very awkward. In the beginning, when I thought he was a great fucking dancer, I thought he was a great dancer, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're dancing in front of a dude in a wheelchair, <laughs> like. But again, I think that's what's beautiful about mix, it. Man. <laughs> no pity. This movie. This is what you don't get in the American version of this, right? There's no pity there. They're not pulling I, any punches. The hands joke. You think they keep yeah, that in the American? That, yeah, version that, of that, that, that was pretty funny. Actually, that's, that's pretty that's funny. That's the kind of stuff that's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. That's sort of the point. I, I, I don't think it made me uncomfortable. It just made me feel like. 
Like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of it's kind of weird. Like, I get it. He'd laugh it off. It's like, yeah, they're dancing. But then now you're just watching him dance. <laughs> like, yeah, especially, like maybe, maybe it's just because him. It was only him dancing for like maybe a good two minutes. You know what and it then is? Everyone it's, else started dancing. They, he, he dances. Right. But they show a shot of his feet of, you know, of Philippe uh, looking at his feet and they show a shot back at him. And then he looks a little sad because he can't dance so maybe <laughs> that's why where it's just like it felt like he was really rubbing not, not intentionally rubbing it in his face but on top of that like there's some really funny stuff here especially when he's shaving off the beard yeah and agreed. of course oh, you, know, that was, that was yeah, you know you're <laughs> shaving off the yeah. beard and it's like you know you're gonna go to the hitler stash you have to you're getting rid of the beard it's the only time you're ever gonna be able to do it you can only do it in private because no one can some bring of these back the funny Hitler moments. Stash. You're right. Look at that's unbelievable. And they, they dwell on it too. The Hitler stash is the one they spend the most time no, with. No, you mean and nine. again? They're not. They don't pull any punches, which I think is beautiful. <laughs> but also some of the more subtle stuff with just Driss and his family when they're like, uh, "Take a hike, Justin Bieber." You know what I mean? They have these subtle jokes that are both like timely, but almost out of place in the tone with the score, the beautiful score in the background. And I think that like it's meant to be sort of unbalanced and a little bit weird. And I think that just all makes it all the more charming in the end. Yeah, game. yeah, I, I agree. Like, and again, it's all playing towards that dichotomy of two different cultures clashing and them becoming close friends. Uh, the scene right before the dancing part, where um, uh, I forget the the guy in the wheelchair. What's his name? Uh, Philippe. Philippe. Okay. Oh yeah, Philippe. He's only the main <laughs> character. <laughs> address. So when they're when he's showing him the classical music, and then he's asking his uh, like you know what he thinks about it. And his reaction to each of the different pieces is is awesome. <laughs> like what he's he's citing all the commercials, yeah, the commercials that he or Tom and Jerry or just like, Tom and Jerry. So he, when he says imbecile, yeah. you know, like, like Tom and Jerry, it's fucking Mozart or whatever. <laughs> but it, it's it's funny because I feel like there's only like that's the uh, for a majority of people. I I don't know about you guys. I'm not. I like classical music, but I can't cite any names or any composers. But that's the first thing I'm gonna think of. I I'm going to think of uh, Bugs Bunny or uh, or Tom and Jerry whenever I hear something that's recognizable. And then I'm going to go think, to the composer. I think what's beautiful about it is that, and I remember thinking this when I was getting older and starting to learn a little bit more about music, was that if you enjoy the music, it doesn't really matter what the vessel of delivery of the music is, you know, whether it's this film for the wonderful Ludovico Inade, or if it's like Tom and Jerry for Mozart or whatever, like none of that really matters. Uh, it's it's accepting the content and enjoying it for what it's worth. And then he, what's brilliant is like he's getting all the violins and all this stuff, and they're all trying so hard to play like these wonderful, wonderful classic hits. And it's it's just a short scene, moment to moment, song to song. And then he brings out the record player and just plays Earth, Wind, and Fire and blows the roof off the doors. You know, like it doesn't really <laughs> matter. We're all different. We all enjoy different things. And you know, the point is sort of to have a good time in life. All right, you guys are put ready to put a. Rating and review on it. I or, have uh, numbers. Oh, you got I have numbers. numbers. Oh, yeah. Let you me, let me just numbers. break a few yeah. things down because the numbers. Look, we don't want to just sell this movie as something that is foreign, something that you should see that you maybe haven't yet. This movie was an extreme success, like a weird uh, roller coaster or like a snowball falling down a hill, getting bigger and bigger as the hill falls down. This movie, I remember in 2011, had a very slow burn when it first came out. It sort of took uh, Europe by storm. Um, overseas, it made 416 million dollars. Here in the United States, it made around $10 million. 
Um, but it dominated overseas. That is a big time movie for a budget of around $10 million US. So it made like $400 million profit, which is unbelievable for something like this. I captured a bunch of awards internationally, didn't do so well here in the United States. Uh, critically, I, I found this to be somewhat odd. Critically, it had a 75% score. Audience gave it 93. What do you guys make of that gap? Because I usually don't ask that question to you, but I, I find like in this one, I'm almost... Um, I'm almost. You think it'd be flipped, I, I you know? You think it'd be yeah, like the yeah. audience would offended. give it like a seventy. I think 70. I'm offended yeah. that critics gave it a seventy-five. Well, who, yeah. are, who are those Screw critics? You. Are they American critics? American critics. Uh, mostly American <laughs> critics. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't understand it. That's why I think that like... it was like political correctness gone wild or something. Like they couldn't sort of contain themselves. I think they found it cliche or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think you get the point of this thing. Yeah, that. Yeah, you know, that is weird because you think it would be flipped, you know, because. This seems like something that a critic would like much more than just like a regular audience member. But one would think. Yeah, one would think. But yeah, you're right. That is really weird. I'm curious what the American version got now, too. I wonder if it was flipped. It's much Critics lower. Critics gave it 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Comment il est grand, il est costaud, il a deux bras, deux jambes, un cerveau qui fonctionne, il est en bonne santé. Trop long, là Les gars des cités, ils n'ont aucune pitié. C'est ce que je veux. Aucune pitié. Voilà. C'est bon comme ça Attends. Vous avez fini de jouer, non Eh mais en fait, vous sentez rien du tout, là. Bon appétit. Eh, 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 eh. Ça frise la paresse, là, pour envoyer un peu vous n'avez pas envie de prendre le large Vous voulez vous barrer, c'est ça Et on va où Respirer. Hein. The, the upside, and uh, this offends me almost even more, Tyler. <laughs> the upside was 42% critic, 82% what? audience. That's so no. maybe America's not ready for intouchable. <laughs> they might not be ready for it. <laughs> That's wild. Forty-two audiences would like that movie. That movie did pretty well too. It made a, it, it turned a profit also. Dang, I'm curious to watch it now. Let's see how long is it? Two hours and five minutes? No, thank you. Longer <laughs> than this film. Which how? Is what did they add? Yeah, that's that's an extra. It's an extra fifteen minutes of pure drama. What do you want to bet? Like just pure drama, or Kevin Hart just doing his Kevin Hart thing? Yeah. Okay. There uh, I'm is pretty, no I'm way. I'm pretty certain that they're going to make a joke about Kevin Hart's uh, height and like. Yeah. It's funny. Oh, yeah. That's funny. But I feel but like in every movie, every <laughs> yeah. movie that Kevin Hart's in, they have to do it. <laughs> That's he. I mean, he made so much money from being short, and like, there's no way he could pick up Brian Cranston. Maybe he could. I mean, he's pretty buff now. But yeah, he is pretty buff. And <laughs> this, it looks, it looks like it's not the case. So, <laughs> I do think there's a physicality of both performances that is really, really impressive. And I thought that, um, you know, the fact that he was a big, strong guy, well, it was interesting how they again they don't pull any punches with any of that. It was a functional decision. Uh, no pity and a big guy that could take care of him. I thought it. I thought it made sense. 
Brian Cranston looks kind of miscast in this movie with the upside. Maybe it's just me, but it's weird because I he's such a smart character actor. I'm so, I was surprised he did it. Yeah, um, when it, when it came out, I was very kind of shocked. Yeah, he kind of seems miscast. And I don't know about Kevin Hart. Maybe Kevin Hart. I'm sure he was trying to just do you know something something for the ladies, something more drama related. But all right, are you guys ready to put a rating on this, or do you have any final thoughts? You Real quick, throw I want to ask you guys: uh, Do you guys have a, like a favorite scene in this movie? Like, obviously, there's a lot of good interaction and stuff like that. Oh, the Hitler stash, like for sure, <laughs> the Hitler stash, because it's just like no matter what you do, like the Hitler stash will never come back in fashion. Even Michael Jordan tried to do it, and it's just like, no, what are you doing? Like, you can't, like you, you like, like the no one can. <laughs> oh, you know what? Maybe Freddie Mercury could. You're right. That's wild. What that about is you, so Nick? Wild. What about you? There's a lot of scenes I like. I actually, um, I, I don't. Uh, I'd have to narrow it down to one scene, man. I I love the date at the end, and I actually like the scene where he's nervous and he doesn't take Driz with him for the date. Um, he takes the other lady, Marcel. I think mm, is her name. Yeah, yeah, remember. that was. And and uh, it's uncomfortable and it's very human. And I sort of thought that that's what happened there, but watching it unfold in real time was really disturbing. Um, I also love the scene at the end where Driz is trying to uh, mack on, uh, uh, what's her name, Magalay or whatever, yeah, yeah. the red-haired lady, <laughs> and and how that story unfolds is sort of just a subplot that is is wonderful and charming for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because at the very end when uh, they show like the actual people that this is based on, I don't see Driss the, or the actual Driss doing like a lot of the stuff yeah. that was in the yeah, movie. That's probably, yeah, that's probably <laughs> I don't know. But also there's this one other part. I just wanted to get it out there before we finish that um, the part where he sort of um, they're talking on the phone and they go from letter to phone and the way he sort of guides that process compared to the sort of long winded uh, big adjectives and these romantic notes that Philippe is writing. And even the red haired lady's like, ah, you could be a little more concise. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I found that whole thing to be super charming. My, too. my favorite scene was very early off when they were building their relationship, when he pulls the cover off of the Maserati and he's like super excited about it. The guy says, we can't take it because it's not pragmatic and they take it anyway. And then that becomes the vehicle that they use throughout the entire movie and you could tell that this was Philippe's like favorite car or something that he really enjoyed um, driving oh, yeah. it. Yeah. So he gets, I like it when he just tells him he's rich too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to, uh, he gets to enjoy it. Like that's really cool. Uh, Cause he sees the look on Driss's face when he's starting the engine and it's that right there. They're both relating to one another that they enjoy this car. And then also him flexing and beating up that, uh, that blonde haired dude that kept on parking in front of the, uh, the space that, like you know that builds their relationship they have something that they have in common they like the car and also they start to res or uh philippe starts to respect driss more and i thought it was just a really good scene to show each other's character it is it's worth noting that the um the relationship i think that was his son or his brother or whatever the Ant uh, the antonio character or antoni um how they sort of, the French people make fun of themselves, which is brilliant too. This stuffy sort of art painting guy ends up paying 11000 for just this regular painting. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. That was so good. What it's a con, kind of what a con. Oh, yeah. That is so jacked up. 
but that's like life-changing money for him you know it's pretty impressive i like how you guys pick all these really good deep emotional moments i'm just like yep hitler stash yeah all oh, the yeah, way, no, all the yeah, way. that great, was number two comedy. tyler don't no, worry that was, oh, oh, there we two. go okay cool <laughs> no, well yeah no this movie was definitely a lot of fun to watch it's great if you haven't seen it you should just give it a watch it's over there on netflix i'm gonna give it uh, about a seven and a half i think it's really good not bad i think you can go back to it and rewatch it especially when you're down and i'm just surprised that it went for the optimistic ending. It didn't do the heartbreak ending that I thought it was setting itself up for. So, and I think that's worth something right there. So good seven and a half. I think, I think you're just right about on the mark there. I'm going to give it a seven with a little bit of room to grow. I think it's just an eyelash away from seven and a half. I do think there are some things in here that are a little sappy, some things that are a little cliche, potentially some things that are skirting on the line of racism a little here and there. But ultimately, what it is, is it's just a human film with a beautiful score. It's actually wonderfully edited. They don't cram in too much. A very clean two hours and wonderful, wonderful performances. It's an easy watch. And I don't often say that to subtitle films, even though I'm pretentious, as producer Ryan says. I, I thought it was a wonderful recommendation. It was perfect, uh, a perfect transition from some of the other movies that we've done on this podcast. So uh, it was a welcome thing. I appreciate that. Uh, producer Ryan picking it. Hey, I, I like that. I like everything you just said, Nick. Uh, for myself, <laughs> I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I thought it was very enjoyable. I thought it was an easy two-hour movie and very low stakes, something that I feel can like... I tell, can I tell producer Ryan to try using a barrette or is it... Uh, is that <laughs> un- a, a barrette? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, maybe, I, maybe I should so I can keep the hair out of my face. Um, and <laughs> after, that, after that friendly comment, I'll take croissants at the door every day. <laughs> Chocolate or regular? I'll take both. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can see myself revisiting just because it's low stakes. Just And it's just a fun movie overall. It has some rewatchability value, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I thought it was a fun movie. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. And I think it deserves the awards that it got. All right. So we're going to move on to our next segment, recommendations. Anything you guys caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend or don't want to recommend? I don't have a ton this week. I watch Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind if you have Amazon Prime. It's free there. It's an alien abduction uh, documentary. Uh, I don't want to get emails about it. So <laughs> only only if you're into that sort of thing. Don't is it, is it you want to but, but there's you a little sweet do. spot in the middle of it that's good. The rest of it is pretty wet. You want all those emails. <laughs> Make sure you put those threads on uh, East to West with Nick and Rob. Yeah, I absolutely will. Thanks for the free plug. <laughs> uh, so for myself, um, the guy what's his, uh, who plays uh, Driss, Sai, what was his Omar Sai, yeah. Omar Sai. Omar Sai. So he yeah. was in Lupin or... Lupin. Oh yeah, Lupin. yeah, yeah. That got pretty big on the uh, like top ten for Netflix. I saw the first episode of it. I thought it was all right. It's definitely not as good as uh, the Untouchables, but it was enjoyable. Hey, but what I've been really into is uh, Mike Snow. He is an artist that plays some really like. Uh, 80s funky but modern music it's it's really good and he has a song called Genghis Khan I came out like five or six years ago it's oh, really good yeah. yeah it, it yeah, is I that song. it yeah. is a bop oh man uh and uh, I think the name of the album is three or I I I uh, check it out it's uh it's really good <laughs> it's not music if you can't dance to it all right so i caught of course wandavision i've been keeping up with that week to week there it so, is. yeah here's the wandavision talk uh last episode that i think premiered was episode eight um witches so, so spoiler warning yeah, you- which is so spoiler warning for the episode <laughs> i've been enjoying it still like pretty much all the way 
um, with that last episode, the very ending, I was like, oh man, that makeup could have used some work, you know? You like, know, uh, it's, it's... we talked about this on the pod a few times. Uh, we just experienced it a little bit with the social network with the Winklevi, but, um, <laughs> you know, I never liked twins. I'm not big on the twins thing. I thought the, uh, the, the new villain, uh, so to speak, other than the witches was a little lazy. That was a little lazy there. I'm fine with the new. I'm fine with the new villain if that is still the villain that they're going to go with. I'm kind of waiting Double for them to. Vision. <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for them to kind of pull the rug out on the last episode, you know, and who the actual villain is. You know, just it's weird that those, the but... uh, creators have announced, like on Twitter or social media, that um, the fans are going to be disappointed. <laughs> Why are they saying that? <laughs> You're going to be. I'm already kind of disappointed. So what else could go wrong? <laughs> I've been enjoying it. Like almost all of it, I've been enjoying. Like there's little things here and there throughout the episode where I'm just. Did you like, like eh. uh, Catherine Hans' character? taking what's her name Anna what's she's a I guess a Marvel character I don't know what the name of the witch is Agnes Harkelson or something Harkness Agnes Harkness is that her name yeah the the other witch or the okay so what did you enjoy her taking Wanda through the steps of her life that got her to this point yes so I actually yeah I don't know yeah Yeah, I did did enjoy it because um one of the reasons I enjoyed it too is because they you know that whole explanation that they do like with her her kind of power boost and how it happened because I think that's like a great way to kind sort of, of like we predicted. Yeah. So I think it's a great way to say it was already there. Of course, the Infinity Stone just gave it like a huge, a huge jolt and actually like awoken it and everything. And so but we now kind of confirm and spoiler warning, Ryan, um, you know, what's kind of going on with Vision, what's going on sort of with his body, too, as well. And then even somewhat with the twins. So and, you know, Snooper's going to snoop and like that's right <laughs> so but no i like it i like where it's going i'm still wondering if like they're gonna kind of pull out like another character like on the last episode here's so. here's what i would say i don't think it directly led to any x-men or fantastic four like we sort of uh thought yeah and maybe hope yeah for. probably hope for and i yeah. think as, as we got deeper into the season even though you got more answers to me it transitioned more and more into tv i don't think this is something that i would see necessarily on the big screen i think like you said the makeup and the effects got progressively worse sort of yeah that last episode it kind of phased into tv it feels a little more tv now yeah and i'm fine with it feeling like more tv because you know it's that's 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 whole thing you know what i mean it's on tv mandalorian mandalorian feels cinematic most of the time you're right whereas this i think is goes the other way But you can't go cinematic all the time you can't do these huge major set pieces you know for every single storyline all that stuff but I definitely do enjoy it. Uh, next week, I believe it is my pick. And so I think we're going to wrap it up and do a close with WandaVision, if that's okay with Ryan. If oh, you can. okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we can do that. Um, I think it's coming up on its last episode, either this coming weekend. Or I got weekend. a so, lot of catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you'll like it. They're, they're easy watches. Once you kind of get back in the swing of things, like they're, they're pretty easy yeah, watches. Yeah, yeah. They're, easy. they're what, like 30, 30 minutes long? <laughs> Anywhere, yeah, usually about uh, thirty. Like if some, you watch the credits, they're fifty minutes long. Yeah. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, watch the credits. They do like three different versions. <laughs> you can yeah, fast like nine forward languages. the credits. <laughs> you can fast forward it. I'm not gonna lie, the first episode. But there's some post credit scenes. You gotta, you yeah, gotta stick around. That's what I thought. Stuff. I thought because there was like. 10 minutes left in the in the episode i thought oh there's probably a post edit uh, no, post credit not, scene nope nothing <laughs> no not not all of them have post credit scenes some yeah, do two, but not maybe? all of them so yeah, yeah but, i i get it i get it yeah like, so i guess it'd be too much to have it on every episode but yeah it would be hey. <laughs> yeah so yeah but that's what we'll be doing whenever we meet back so i think that'll be a little fun. We get to wrap that up yeah. and everything and kind of see what exactly is next for the MCU. Cause I still like my Marvel movies. Um, Vision gets off by his ears being touched also. <laughs> 
the nuts and bolts. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty good. Infinity stones just start going out. So <laughs> that's where the stones come from. <laughs> ah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So- don't get carried away. <laughs> All right. Where can we find you at, Ryan? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. You can find us yeah, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. If you just want to follow me, I don't really post a lot. It's been a long time. But hey, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me at realwatchability.com, top 10 movies of all time, top 10 movies of the year, east to west with Nick and Rob taking the world by storm. Hit me up at Twitter at realwatch. And we're talking flick. You can always find us over at Twitter at flick underscore talking. And if you really like us, you can leave a rating review, whatever. Yeah. Going to Raiders. Podcast app you listen to. <laughs> uh, we also have Patreon. You know how I feel. We also have Patreon. You can donate any amount of money and get access to other content. And we'll have we'll a, take eggs. We'll take eggs. Faber's eggs, eggs. Regular eggs. It doesn't matter. Boiled, over Ch- easy, chocolate eggs. Runny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. chocolate uh, eggs. No fucking chocolate. Cadbury eggs. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a link in the description for everybody's stuff. Finish the show, Ryan. Hey, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Bach was the Barry White of his time. Everybody knows. <laughs> that. We didn't talk so, about how the uh, the the hookers. Why why were they all Asian? I think I guess uh, that's not bad. You know why? <laughs> you, know. you know why? <laughs> <laughs> the the, French, the French like they're they're the Asian girls. That's fine. I that's want fine, that folder. Name. What's in that folder? What else is in there? <laughs> yeah, you know what? There's only a picture of the dude in there, and then he throws away the folder. That was a really nice folder. I would have kept was it. Really, that was yeah, a really yeah. You that it was a, a, a leather bound, and I would have used it. <laughs> it was a rich person folder too exactly. so that's how you know it's good <laughs> <Come on>. so <laughs> all right that's the show feeling good